Broken and Disturbed. I am California Darren Carp here. Uh, here with Ozzy. Not, not dead Dorothy, like That's we right. got during <laughs> That's Halloween. Right. That's We're right. here with John Thrasher, who has a different Ooh. background than what I was expecting. And I saw that you did a call to action in our Facebook <laughs> group did. and everything and in our Patreon about helpful background tips. I saw some good people kind of, you know, mm-hmm. cats should be one of them, uh, these types mm-hmm. of things. And we've landed on the mm-hmm. yellow brick road on the way to Oz. Can we, well, why? Yeah. Let's just go with why. Let's, let's talk about that. So yes. Thank you, Darren. I am John of Oz today. You may know you me are of definitely Oz. John of Oz. I did use this in our, um, our stream from October when I was dead Dorothy. Thank you for reminding Correct. me about that. I forgot. Um, so I did ask, I did ask the Patreon listeners, you know, we always go to them for their opinion. They're the ones that love us the most. It seems that support us the most. Sure. And I said, guys, um, well, first of all, I had to relocate my recording area to my bedroom for air conditioning purposes. It's very annoying. Long story. But anyway, in a different room now, which is nice. It's a little more cozy in here and a little more more uh, comfy. And nice as and such, cool. yeah, as such, I'm in my bedroom, to be honest. And my background was my bedroom. And it's, it's a bit of a mess. You can see my air conditioner. You can, you know, I don't want everyone to see all that on, on Patreon. Although I do feel like there are a handful of the of you guys that would love to, to know what my bedroom looks like. In your dreams is all I'm going to say to that. In my nightmares. In your, <laughs> in your nightmares. Yes. Um, so but I okay, asked, so you're doing it with, um, yeah. you know, a little ruby red slippers on right now. That's true. Well, this is just for you, Darren, for right now, because I wanted to okay. surprise you with my you actual, definitely did. With no, my you actual definitely background. Did. So uh, Patreon members Denise and uh, Sandy were like, you should do cats or Harry Potter. That would have been nice. Or Golden Girls or magic. And I was like, that would be nice. And I wish I would have thought of that about that earlier. So I really quickly jumped on Canva, which is a really great, uh, you know, uh, graphics website where you can make graphics. And I made my own background and I want to show you and all the listeners who are sussy radishes on Patreon can go right now uh, to our Patreon and watch the background I created is, are you ready, Darren? I'm ready. Oh my, now this is a background I could get used to. Okay, first Tell off, the listeners what you're seeing. Okay, it's a talk show living room set with <laughs> shelves. It has a crochet of a cat and a dog. It has, pl- literally, if you are not on Patreon, you need this for the video alone because this is fucking worth it. Then there's three beautiful picture frames of which I'm not in any one of them, but that's, that's fine. Tr- I thought about that after I made this. So, so describe the first picture. The first picture is just perfect Magic's face. Just like a close-up oh. of him, just like being a jupus and he's just jupusing everywhere and he's just a jupus. That is the scientific What's term for what that is. Exactly. But that's what he is. Like, okay. look at him. And you're like, oh. he's being a jupe. He's being oh. a little jupe jupe. All right. Yep. A new word yeah. for us to think about here on the jupus. show. Jupus. Then second. the second picture is mm. John obviously taking a selfie with his little jupus magic <laughs> on the couch. And magic is leaning against John's breast. Well, and he just has, yeah. Leaning. And well, he's he finding has, comfort in your bosom. Well, he has his, his paw on my stomach and I posted this picture on Instagram and I was like, does he think I'm pregnant? Like, no, you know, like cats now. You know what I thought of? Like, <clears throat> not that. I thought of like, you know, when girls get engaged with their guy and they want to show and they <laughs> they're like, like, like their first engagement ring and they're like, 
show like they, they grab the man's like chest to show the ring right there. That's what magic's doing. Magic That's is pretty like, much it. I'm engaged to Darren and I'm going to use John as the vehicle. And then okay. the third frame, a little bit farther back of the Jupus, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's looking excited and a he little looks, scared. Yeah. And he's like, why are you taking a picture of me? But he's so <laughs> handsome. He's, he's just really handsome. handsome. He's just handsome. I know. I was trying to get him in here. This is like, a great background. Isn't this great? I was like, I'm going to use this across the board on every single Zoom I ever It's a conversation do. piece. It's yeah. got our shaken and disturbed poster. Yeah, that's it's right. It's got like, is the other corner a cat oh, and this, dog crochet? It's it's a logo. Point? It's a logo of whatever company made this background. We can just block that out. Although, okay, but it's a cat and a dog. It's, it's a, a cat, cat and a dog. dog. Yeah, okay. it's a cat and a dog. Guys, this um, background is really worth it. John, we have to make one for me. Okay, I'll make one for you. We'll when we used think- to have our podcast currently, remember you made that currently yeah. HQ house? This is a room in that house. <laughs> That's right. Do you still have that? Be honest if I you do. throw it away. You it's at do? my desk in 30 Rock. It's at my desk <gasps> oh in 30 Rock. Oh my God, throwback. That was years ago. Well, anyway. Anyway, let's say- get to the case, but you I guys know. have to download uh, you have to get on Patreon to see this background. To see what it is. And yes. patrons, let us know what you think of this creativity. I had no idea this was coming, yeah. but this seems to have served all the purposes. You know what would be really funny? Actually, this just came to me. And by the way, thank you again to Denise and Sandy. Mitz and Jane also uh, gave us a shout out uh, with ideas, but thank you guys. It might be interesting to have like um, a sussy radish of the week and put their like picture, you know, in our oh. house. Maybe that's, that's something a good to idea. Think about. Okay, maybe maybe we'll play a little game. You have to, get... to talk about talk to Magic about that. He's the one that picked. So, these well, things. Magic. I mean, you're gonna have to add another frame because we obviously can't take yeah. unless you add a picture of me and Magic. I know. I was thinking about putting a little. I'm not like, in there. A little Just... five by seven of you and me, like right here. A little. Okay. But then I didn't. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah, Only no. so much time in the world. Anyway, at least you didn't like cut me out of a picture. That's true. You know, I mean, and like you just see like my ear of part of it, but that could happen. Because that would have been a true crime. That could have that's that's a true crime in and of itself. That's true. Well, nonetheless, thank you guys for your ideas. Love um, it. We'll see what let's happens. Get in, let's yeah. get into the case. Let's do it. All right. So in the 1960s, one of the most infamous serial killers in American history, of course, terrorized San Francisco. Now you guys probably know who we're talking about. The thought of the Zodiac Killer struck fear into the hearts of people all over America, never knowing when he may strike next. Uh, You know, I remember hearing about the Zodiac Killer like in 2004 when I was like graduating high school. We talked about him on Martinis and Murder too. That's right. And that's still unsolved, you know, and people are always like, is Ted Cruz the Zodiac Killer? (laughs) Like he's being brought up in still a very zeitgeisty way. It's true. It's true. Um, the Zodiac Killer was known to taunt the police, as you probably know, and uh, and newspapers by sending ominous letters with long cryptic puzzles. He was basically the Wordle of his day, I think is what they would call An him. unsolvable Wordle. The Wordle, Wordle Myrtle. Yes. That's a, that's a new one that's going to come out and kill yeah. people soon. Fertile Wordle Myrtle. <laughs> there you go. Two of those, by the way, two of those little like letters and puzzles have not, have been undeciphered actually to this day. So Still not clear what they were intentionally saying there, or initially saying. The Zodiac claimed responsibility for five murders, although some believe there may have been many more. And for decades, it remained one of the most puzzling unsolved cases of all time. And the ever-lingering fear, ever-lingering, ew, I don't like the way that sounded. Ever-lingering. Lingering. Fear that 
that he could return at any moment has left generations of Americans in uh, in terror. We should mention this episode is not about the Zodiac Killer, but we want to set you up with some information about it. We're setting the scene. Yeah, exactly. Well, the Zodiac Killer was allegedly identified, Darren, as you probably remember, in October of 2021 as already deceased Francis Post based on DNA evidence. Although the validity, I cannot speak, of this has been widely disputed and, you know, the murders have officially remained unsolved. Right. There are, there, there are guesses as to who it could be, but unfortunately already deceased, it's also hard unless we have kind of like hardcore DNA evidence to really prove this. Um, with every case, it's going to be hard to probably solve this. And especially with the Zodiac Killer, which is such a high-profile case, I'm sure and they want to get that right. And there were a lot of copycats. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. And there were some we'll copycats, so yeah. Yeah. So oftentimes in cases that are so prolific and and of such public notoriety, as I just mentioned, there's copycats, individuals committing crimes claiming to be this famous killer, not just committing them and going about their day, but trying to take the take the credit. And that is exactly what happened in New York City between 1990 and 1993, or as some people call it, 199 day. You know, some people do call it that. 199 day three. 993. Um, when police started receiving letters from someone claiming to be the Zodiac Killer. However, unlike the real Zodiac Killer, the author of those letters would later be positively identified as a 28 year old na- man named. Eriberto, Eriberto, Eddie, Eddie. Seda, but we're going to yeah. call him uh, Eddie for the rest of this. Show yeah, Eddie today. Seda is what we're going to say. Yeah. So Eddie Seda, I guess you have a little background, was born on July 31st. So 1967. That's right. So almost, you know, 50 years ago, essentially in New York, right. New York. Uh, he lived with his single mother and half sister, both named Gladys Reyes. A lot of Y's and S's in those names. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Their mother fart, fought hard to provide, <laughs> fart hard, fart hard. Their mother What are we doing hard. today? I don't know what we're doing. That I'm was the best water. slip you've ever had. You never slip. And so that one was funny. I slip. Let me tell you. Yeah, I slip yeah. and I slide. <laughs> well, their mother not farted, but she fought she hard. fought. Yes, yes. Hard to provide for her children, yes. but often found herself coming up short. And his father was absent from the picture for most of his life, but had been abusive towards both children prior to detaching mm. from the family. Because of course. Of course. You know? Great, great. Great guy. Beat here, the by kids the way. and then leave them. And then there's no to be no childhood trauma based on that. And Dad of the year. Yeah. Dad of the year. Eddie was described as a troubled kid. No surprise there. Commonly having issues at school, having run-ins with the law. And by 16, he was forced to drop out after being expelled for bringing a firearm to school. It's pretty intense, but obviously mm-hmm. they had one in the home, or at least that's the assumption, unless he got it from somewhere. But right. he was offered an option to go to mandatory mandatory therapy and counseling in order to earn readmittance. But he stopped going only after a few sessions. And as a teenager, he began physically and emotionally abusing his sister, Gladys. She described her brother as being incredibly controlling and judgmental of her, always trying to dictate what she did and who she hung around. Kind of interesting to see this in a brother-sister dynamic as opposed to a boyfriend-girlfriend dynamic. (coughs) Uh, You know, there's all that talk right now about um, Jonah Hill and what he, uh, you know, some consider this boundaries, other people mm-hmm. consider it controlling. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's kind of this, whether, however else you lie, and I'm not going to make yeah. it, yeah, debate about it. Sometimes there, it is mostly seen with romantic partnerships as opposed to with brother and sister. So this is kind of an interesting thing here, you know, yeah. it's like sorry you never to, see it. Yeah, sorry to interrupt you there. I thought you had paused. Um, yeah, the the picture that I feel like we're painting here, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling like, I don't have a picture of this guy in front of me, but it sounds very physically intimidating because 
you know, if he's able to bring a firearm to school and he's able to just jump away from his, you know, therapy or his mandatory sessions, then he starts beginning to physically and emotionally abuse his sister. He sounds like there's a, there's a physical presence here. That's very kind of present in um, the situation and, and the, yeah, and, and we don't we don't know, you know how often he was trying to get help or what his mother, yeah. or, you know, who knows what Gladys was telling uh, mother <coughs> Gladys or whatever, because they both had the same name. So right, right. it's kind of hard to say. But from a young age, big red flag here, Eddie found himself fascinated with serial killers. Well, and don't I don't we, think in the way all? that, aren't right, like I, I don't think it's the same way that we do. But everybody listening to this can say that they're fascinated with serial killers. I mean, that's also killers. true, right? Like what? <clears throat> are we interested in the psychology behind it or are we interested yeah. in like how they got the away technique. with it? And they yeah, make, exactly. Yes. So apparently he was glued to the screen whenever the news would cover the horrific tales of Ted Bundy. Of course, the Zodiac killer was kind of prominent during this time. And Eddie obsessively read any books or newspaper articles he could find on the slangs, even creating his own type of scrapbook, highlighting the crimes of the Zodiac, who he is quoted saying he views as a servant of God. So that's a big red flag because now he's valorizing the Zodiac killer and saying he's doing the right thing. And I think, you know, we do see sometimes in movies, people create scrapbooks of, you know, people who want to solve these cases. You know, this is the first mention of the Zodiac killer. So it's not necessarily being like an armchair detective, but it's becoming so obsessed with it and almost worshiping these serial killers that I think the line is what we're really kind of talking about here. Yeah. And, you know, you and I sitting here in 2023 knowing the data, knowing the stories. We've done probably a thousand podcast episodes at this point, plus all of our other TV work. And we can now look retroactively at this stuff and be like, oh, red flag, red flag. But like back in those days, that was just a hobby. Like being obsessed yeah. with this stuff was not, not a red flag to the to society at that point. So, you know, the one thing that I just get frustrated about as we do these types of shows is like, are we doing anything now, now that we have the data, now that we have the stories, now that we can listen back and watch back a lot of archived footage and audio of all this stuff? Like, we should be able to profile serial killers a lot better than we can. Especially because we have search histories for things. I mean, yeah. look at look at a lot of the things that we've sort of, Lori Vallow, or even most recently, people will search, you know, like, can I get away? Like, how long does yeah, it take right. to kill someone using uh, Narcan? Acid. No, yeah. uh, sorry, not Narcan, but um, fentanyl. You yeah, know, something right. like that. Like, so if those researchers are, you know, it's not, it's not one search, right? Because anyone can be yeah. curious about a given question. I might be curious about like how much fentanyl does it take to kill someone because it's mm -hmm. happening all over the place. So is it just a matter of overdosing on it, or is it literally a matter of like you take any sort of fentanyl, which is can right. be used as something? So it's not one search, but I do think it's a collective of that. And I guarantee you there are roadblocks being put in place to monitor when people are kind so. of doing that red flag search Activity. on the internet. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Or, you know, even checking out books or, I mean, there's a million other sort of like behaviors. I feel like even that you and I could come up with at this point, I mean, shit, put all of our scripts through chat GPT and see what it says as a profile of a, totally. of a serial killer. Yeah. Wait, I almost that want might to be chat a good GP idea. I almost want to chat GPT being like, give us a podcast script describing some <laughs> common killer. And I want to see what they'd say. Oh my God. Maybe we do that as an episode. You know, and we, and we don't tell the audience and they have to choose like one episode <laughs> this month will be just from chat GPT or something like that. Well, we can't put Megan out of work, but I do like the idea there. Wouldn't that be funny? We do that during the writer strike. <laughs> That would be or like that would be super classic. Like, sorry, Megan, we we don't need you this week. That'd be sad. yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, that's not going to happen. But maybe Darren, I like your idea though. We should try something like that soon. Anyway, despite his dark fascination with this with these macabre idols, Eddie says he was deeply religious. Actually, oh boy, 
Along with his love for serial killers, he was also intrigued by war and dreamt of one day becoming a Green Beret, but he failed his entrance exam and was not permitted to join the military. This is a great example of somebody who has idealized and fantasized about what it means to be a Green Beret, not what it takes to be a yeah. Green Beret. The and symbolism I like, of it. I love the idea of it, but I don't necessarily want to exactly. like do what it takes to do yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Which I feel like we hear about a lot when it comes to these serial killers. Anyway, his obsession with the Zodiac killings continued to grow. And by 1989, he had prepared himself to stage a series of copycat killings, hopefully latching on to some of his muses' infamy. Now, this is another example. Like, he just wants to be known for something. He wants to yeah. be a Green Beret. He wants to be this. He wants to be that. He wants to be the Zodiac killer. Like, it sounds like well, one of those- it's a trait yeah. kind of, you know, along with narcissism yeah. and stuff like that. It does seem like it kind of is playing into this. Of totally. just like, I don't really care about killing. I just want to be known for killing. For something. Yeah. Even yeah. if it's killing. Exactly. Well, in November of 1989, a letter of warning was sent to the city's 17th precinct. A cryptic letter arrived addressed to the elite anti-crime department. And it read, quote, this is the Zodiac. The first sign is dead. The Zodiac will kill the 12 signs in the belt when the zodiac zodiacal light is seen, the zodiac will spread fear. I have seen a lot of police in Jamaica Avenue and Eldon Lane, but you are no good and will not get the zodiac. Orion is the one that can stop zodiac and the seven sister. And I mean that makes perfect sense to me. Totally, that makes totally sense. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, the thing is, is like this is so haphazard yeah. receiving a letter like this that part of me sort of understands when police are like, this is just some fucking wackadoo. I agree. Sending a menacing yeah. letter. It's <clears> hard <throat> to take these things seriously. But on the other hand, it's like, yeah. if you're not taking it seriously and you're going to miss these big signs. Exactly. That's my point about the profile. Because anyone could just write <clears throat> something that's kind of terrifying and super eerie and doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, we all fear the things that we don't know. Yeah. And so that's what's so interesting about this specific case in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, scratched into that note, by the way, was a large symbol that police immediately recognized. It was a circle with a large cross through it, the very same symbol used by the Zodiac Killer. Now, it was not unheard of for police to receive letters of this nature, as Darren was just basically saying, and it was dismissed simply as a desperate plea for attention. But on March 9th, 1990, 49-year-old Mario Orozco was walking home alone from work shortly before 2 a.m. Now, Mario was disabled and he walked with a limp, which required a cane, and he had difficulty seeing. He worked in a popular restaurant downtown, which was open very late, after which he would take the subway and then walk the remainder of the trip home. This route would bring him through a rough neighborhood that was often plagued with crime and violence, but as a native New Yorker, he proudly and confidently walked himself home without fear. As a reminder, this been is- Been there so many times. Yeah, totally. You, know? you and I totally have been there, but this is also New York in the 90, early 90s, which was a very different place. Very different. And I probably wouldn't be doing what I did walking yeah. home late at yeah, night yeah, in yeah. certain areas in the 90s and 80s, for sure. Yeah. Certainly not taking the subway late at night back then. Well, especially like, you know, time. Yeah, that's a great point. The subway is not what it was back then. Um, what it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But also Times Square, you know, Times Square is known now as like the tourist, you know, epicenter of the universe. But back in the day, it was not a healthy or, or, or no, for sure. safe place to be. Well, anyway, this particular night, unbeknownst to Mario, someone had followed him from the subway. And in the shadows, Eddie stalked Mario as he made his way home. And as he had his back turned, Eddie shot him in the back of the head with a homemade nine millimeter zip gun. Not even sure what a zip gun is, but wow. disturbing nonetheless. 
Mario collapsed to the ground, never even catching a glimpse of his killer. And before uh, fleeing the scene, Eddie carefully wrapped a note around his gun and placed it on the ground. The note read simply, quote, this is Zodiac. So scary, scary New York City situation. You know, I think that's one of the things we always worry about, you know, you don't worry about it. I mean, at least I don't know about you, Darren. I don't worry about being murdered in New York, but it is something you kind of keep an eye on when you're in the public. But this public. is weird because, you know, Mario's stalking him. I'm using that in air quotes because we're never going to really know what his intentions Eddie are. Is. He, Eddie is stalking him, yes. Yeah, Eddie stalked Mario on his way home. And just as he turns, he just kills him without any sort of without, yeah. um, any sort of anything and then leaves this note. It does seem like he's just trying to create fear and terror. By the way, a yeah. zip gun is more yeah. of like an improvised firearm um, manufactured other than by a firearm manufacturer or a gunsmith or typically constructed by adapting like existing materials that you'd kind of uh, have. Okay. So it's like creating sort of this homemade gun from other parts, but it's still a gun gotcha. because you can look up like the, uh, like you can look it up online. It might have like a wooden handle, but like a metal barrel or something like that. So it's a little bit more makeshifty. Um, okay. Good to know. So right now, Eddie's just trying to like wreak havoc and wreak terror almost for no reason. So miraculously, though, Mario survives this shot to his head. And when a passerby found him laying in the street, he was rushed to the hospital. A bullet was permanently lodged in his spine, further adding to his mobility issues because he already was limping. Oh, I hate this so much. When he awoke from surgery, he was able to give police a brief description of his attacker. And he said he wore a brown ski mask and black gloves. I mean, does this bitch have no style? I mean, black gloves. Hello, matchy matchy. Well, unfortunately, that's not really going to help. You know, everyone's kind of got black gloves and a brown ski mask. You know, that's not that doesn't narrow it down. But with little to go on, the investigation did not make it far. And police obviously had to move on to kind of other cases here. Yeah. Mario was a Scorpio. Okay. Which we need to uh, know. Yeah. Those astrology people out there just know that he was a Scorpio. So I'm sure he's like compatible with one of us, but not with the other. Well, remember the Zodiac, you know, we got to keep in mind who is what across, you know, all these attacks. Yeah. It's going to come into play with, with Zodiac. So three weeks later after this instance on March 29th, a copycat would strike again at approximately 3 AM 33 year old Jermaine Montenegro was on his way home from a party. He was intoxicated and was trying to decide whether to go visit his girlfriend in the Bronx or spend the spend the night at his father's nearby. I often, I mean, I know New York City is so much safer than it used to be, but goddamn, like how many instances could probably someone take advantage of some drunk people in New York? I know, I know. And you're not it's even true. thinking about it. You know, I always think about going into an apartment or going to an ATM. You're kind of the most vulnerable. And so it's like, I never have headphones on when I'm doing that, unless it's during the day or something or I'm around oh, people. Yeah, but like, I just got to keep, you got to keep focused and you got to think about it because it's really easy to be super vulnerable in those positions when you're not thinking about it. I know. And, you know, and, and shout out to Apple because they have this feature on the AirPods. And I think, I think it might just be AirPods pro, but it's like, I'm forgetting the name of it, but basically you can still hear your surroundings while also having your AirPods in. Yeah. Like it's not, um, um it's not noise canceling, but it's like, yeah, it, it's trans- like trans- transparency, That's what transparency it is. which is kind of annoying, but it's also really good. Cause it kind of really heightens- good it heightens like the awareness around it with, with AirPods. Um, so as, 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 um, as he's kind of, you know, walking by Jermaine and he's trying to decide if he's going to go to his girlfriend's or his father's, as he was deciding, he continued to walk unaware of what lurked in the shadows behind him. Only six blocks from where Mario had been shot earlier that month, Eddie caught Jermaine by surprise and shot him in the left side of his torso, penetrating his liver. And as Jermaine lay bleeding, Eddie rummaged through his pocket, stealing his passport and disappearing into the night. 
never really understand what's the point of stealing someone else's passport. Is it to sell on the black market for Potentially, people? Potentially, yeah. Like, but is it like, still ID reference? So it's just like, that seems such such a weird thing to sell, but maybe I'm not thinking about this outside the box enough. Maybe there is a legitimate reason that that would be worth something. And maybe it's just so he didn't want to get him ID'd or something like that. I, I don't potentially, know. Potentially. I don't know. We're not serial killers. So I guess we'll never know. <laughs> or are we? Or well, are Jermaine we? actually survived this attack like Mario, but with grave injuries. He was unable to provide any identifiable information about his attacker. <clears throat> Jermaine was a Gemini like me. So, so we got, got a... Scorpio, and we've got a Gemini. There you go. Well, so far, both shootings have been investigated as robberies since both victims survived. So police had yet to connect these two incidents because- You know, sorry, something just popped into my mind. Maybe the passport, given the astrology of it, is like a keepsake for him. Like it's something that he's like- With his birthday in it. A birthday in it, identifiable. Like it's kind of like there. You know how Mm -hmm. in Dexter, he used to keep the blood samples, Mm -hmm. like the little files? Maybe that's it. It's his keepsake was something to show his birthday. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good- No, that's a really great point. Well, Eddie's next victim would not be as lucky. He remained inactive for all of April and most of May, flying under the radar. But on May 31st, he would begin his cycle again when Eddie runs into 78-year-old Joe Prose, hopefully I'm saying that name right, P-R-O-C-E, as he wanders the streets of his neighborhood. Joe was a retired World War II veteran who had been left disabled by combat. By combat, excuse me. He lived off of a public assistance, but his medical bills still left him living in poverty, which is absolutely disgusting in America, but something that many veterans still feel to this day, sadly. A shame that he was often unable to feed himself. He was known to take late night walks Mm. through the neighborhood to rifle through trash cans for any discarded food. Mm. Eddie approached Joe and asked if he could spare a dollar for some water. Joe refused and continued walking, prompting Eddie to shoot Joe in the lower back. Like, why ask this man for that? Is it just to distract him or disarm him? Like, why ask this man for that? We'll never know the mind of these killers, but his kidney was severely wounded in the attack. Although Joe survived the initial encounter, Joe was a Taurus. And before fleeing the scene, Eddie left another note. His second letter began similarly to the first. It said, quote, this is the Zodiac. The 12 signs will die when the belts in the heavens are seen. Only this time he goes on to provide much more information that he had in the past than he had in the past. Sorry to interrupt for a second. I'm feeling like this is like a pattern when he said Orion was going to be the only one to stop it. Orion's belt. Maybe there's a certain thing where like Orion's belt gets seen and he's going to kill every Zodiac kind of before this time frame so like catch him before yeah march 12th or whatever, whatever the is. The t- i don't know i'm trying to make sense of it but perhaps that's part of it it could be i mean this is probably exactly what the police were thinking back in those days yeah um it went on to read quote the first sign is dead on march 8th 1990 145 a.m white man with cane shot in back on on street um the second sign is dead on March 29th, 1990, 2.57 a.m. White man with black coat shot in the side, shot in the side in front of house, end quote. So aside from the incorrect assumption that they were dead, the details were given were identical to the shootings of Mario and Jermaine. So he's thinking he's killed these people each time he shot them. That's how stupid this guy is, by the way. Um, and finally, he lists his third victim. The third sign is dead, May 31st, 1990, 2.04 a.m., 
white old man with cane shot in front of house, end quote. Hmm. Along with the note was a drawing of the infamous zodiac symbol, as well as a wheel depicting the 12 astrological signs. I mean, this is someone who's really putting the details in, you know, and making sure yeah. to really re- wreak havoc. So right yeah. now we've got a Scorpio, Gemini, and a Taurus. Those have been crossed off. So basically 25% of the Zodiac now are done. Uh, those match the Zodiacs of the three victims we were just talking about. He then signs off by writing, no more games, pigs, before listing details about the locations and weapons used. Presumably pigs is obviously a reference to police. Prior to this note, there had been no investigation into the attacks on Mario and Jermaine, but the details given made police soon notice that these were not just normal robberies. You know, Joe Pros passed away three weeks after. I mean, first off, remember, Joe is a war vet. You know, he doesn't have a lot of money. So clearly he's not going to get a lot. The killer's not going to get a lot from him. So Joe Pros passed away three weeks after the attack due to complications from his injuries. But prior to his passing, he was able to provide details of his attacker. He described the assailant as a white man with unkempt hair and bushy facial hair. All right, those are some more identifying details. That helps. Certainly race helps by eliminating a race that probably is not. Um, so that's good. And also, and, by the way, a, a white man with unkempt hair and bushy facial hair, that might go be to Brooklyn. me. That yeah, might that be me. Be a, Sometimes, you, have kept hair. you have kept hair. Yeah, you're right. I usually keep my Very hair. Very kempt. But you're right. Go to Brooklyn. I like that. I like yeah, that. go to Brooklyn. Well, following <laughs> just passing, the case was officially handed over to the homicide department as the crimes had progressed from robbery to now murder. An identical letter to the one found near Joe was sent to the homicide department, and this was sent to a forensic forensics lab, excuse me, to be examined. Fingerprints were found, but they were of little use since they did not match any found in the database. So it's not like this person has potentially committed a crime before. Yeah. And as fear began to fester in the heart of New York as the potential return of the Zodiac made headlines, obviously a media frenzy is just going to begin. This is sort of what we were even talking about on NMR about yeah. UFOs, how it's like, Something goes out in Congress. It's just going to make people like freak the fuck out. You know, COVID was a little bit like that too, of wiping down your packages when we didn't need to do that because (laughs) it's just this reaction. Of course, you know, everyone wants to feel safe. News outlets from all over the country were covering the story, even bringing on astrologers and self-proclaimed psychics to try and predict when each strike and which sign should be most wary. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously I'm good because Gemini's already been killed. So well, I mean, okay. yeah, you do wonder if people are like, oh, thank God a Gemini was killed today. Right. Like I would probably feel that way, to be completely uh, honest. How could your mind not go there? You yeah. know, and during this time, groups of vigilantes began forming in a desperate attempt to protect the community, kind of these militia, if you will, like these town militia, kind of neighborhood watches, if you will. A special task force called Project Watchdog was created by the police specifically to predict when the Zodiac would attack and control on the expected dates. Now, based on advice from expert astronomers, it's hard to imagine that astronomers are being kind of used here, but it does make sense. They predicted that June 20th was going to be the next killing. And based on the advice of my tarot card deck, it looks like the next exact time, you know. By the way, another another job for ChatGBT, if there ever was one, uploading all the data. (laughs) Come on. I hate to say that, but yeah. Well, this prediction that Darren just talked about proved eerily accurate, but unfortunately for them, this was not enough to stop it from happening as they were patrolling the area of the previous attacks. All of the other victims had been shot in Brooklyn, as Darren mentioned, uh, you know, visiting Brooklyn, but his next move would be over the river in Manhattan. June 20th, Eddie would attempt to cross another astrological sign off of his list. Late at night, he approached an unhoused man named Larry Parham, who was sleeping on a bench in Central Park, his shoes tucked carefully under the bench with his wallet stuffed in them. 
Larry mm. wasn't your typical uh, unhoused man. He was clean cut, well dressed, and had over $4,000, frankly, in his bank account. But after falling on some hard times, he had voluntarily decided to live on the streets to allow himself to save as much money as possible to ensure a fresh and stable new start. I mean, really, tr- I mean, you know, you've got to give it to him for trying his best here, you, you know, but it's really sad that like, that's the country that we live in. That people yeah. can have that money in a bank account, but can't really, you know, get, get on their feet. Yeah. Well, Eddie took Larry's wallet out from his sneakers, checking his birthday, and then shot him in the chest. At the scene, he left a note with a drawing of the Zodiac wheel indicating cancer. And as you might expect, Larry was a cancer. Now, again, Larry survived his attack, but was asleep when he was shot. So therefore, he was unable to provide any helpful information. So interesting that these victims, and thank God, survived this. But I wonder if that's purposeful. I wonder if that's meant to kind of also like feed the narrative of who this killer is and make everyone kind of freak out, like kind of keeping that narrative going. Cause it does seem kind of odd now. Now this is this fourth slaying and all four, you know, obviously some had passed due to complications, but do survive the initial shooting. Yeah, I know. I mean, and he thinks that they're dead according to his last letter. So, or is he just doing that to mess with them? Like, I don't know. You never know. You don't really know the intention, but. Well, the following day, yet another odd letter arrived at the police station. In the media, it had been revealed that based on handwriting and eyewitness statements, it had been glaringly obvious that the new Zodiac was not the same man as the Bay Area Zodiac, who is kind of the original Zodiac killer. This infuriated Eddie, provoking him to send another manic letter criticizing the investigators for this (laughs) assumption. He immediately denied that he was not the original Zodiac killer. The new letter read this. This is the Zodiac. The note sent to the post, not to any of the San Francisco Zodiac letter. You are wrong. The handwriting looked different. It is one of the same Zodiac, one Zodiac. (laughs) And San Francisco killed a man in the park with a gun and killed a woman with a knife and killed a man in the taxi cab with gun. It's like a sick and twisted poem. You know what I mean? It's like he really wants this notoriety. He doesn't want to be considered a copycat. It's very ego based for him. You know, again, he grew up kind of being obsessed with these serial killers. So this is a little of a son of Sam phenomenon too, where it's like he's trying to reap the reward words of being this terrible person now it was clear that the news had triggered a nerve but police never really entertained the idea that this was the authentic zodiac that they were dealing with kind of just didn't really add up nypd worked closely with their counterparts in california who also confirmed the details and not point to them being the same person as the fingerprints on the new york note did not match Mm. the partial print that had been treated from the zodiac's letters well i mean yeah here's the thing about fingerprints though i mean that doesn't mean they're not the same person who are committing the murders. It just means whoever's been handling these notes are different people, you know, let's put it. Right. And that could be purposeful. You know, know, it could be a team of people. I could have you write a note and then me write a note, you know, and it could be the Banksy of, of serial killers for all we know. Yes, although arguably Banksy's doing a little bit more good than these guys. but A little bit, yeah. We digress. All right. Well, unsure of where to look next, obviously, police continue to meet with professional astronomers to seek insight. <laughs> kind of crazy. I can't believe that. But the astronomer pointed out that the killer was working in a cycle of 21 days, similar to that of the stars, which kind of does track. I mean, that's that's fair. If, I mean, an astronomer, astronomer is going to know those details, you know, patterns, Patterns of the stars, numbers that may make sense. I guess I could make sense of that. At least it's not like I predict that the serial killer will win the lottery next week. Right, that the earth is going to end or exactly the <laughs> coordinates. You know, at least pinpointing yeah. a date might yeah. help. Like it's yeah, that's not gonna, true. That's not going to do anything bad. But 
Based on the pre-existing pattern, the astrologers predicted that the killer would strike again on July 12, 1990. Interesting. So the police issued an official warning to the city of New York for this particular date and suggested actually that people refrain from sharing any information about their birthday or zodiac sign to strangers. I mean, that's kind of crazy. To their surprise, however, no killings or attempted killings occurred that day. The New York Zodiac would have a long hiatus of over a year, during which police continued to investigate, hoping to get one step ahead of the culprit. Over time, eyewitnesses began emerging, claiming claiming to have seen the killer at various scenes. An anonymous tip from an alleged witness claimed she was in the car with her married boyfriend on the night Joe Prost was killed. Hmm. Startled by the gunshot, she looked out the window and saw a man fleeing from the scene. Now, remember, I don't believe, I think we're, you know, we're in the 199 day, as I like to call it. You know, not everyone has a camera phone in their pocket. Even surveillance video isn't quite what it is. We're still in VHS days, you know, if you remember those. So not as prolific uh, in terms of technology, I would say at this point. Something to just keep in mind, because people might be listening, thinking, well, just check the the video surveillance. Well, it wasn't as as, uh, prolific, as I said, as it was. But afraid that complying with the police would expose their affair, neither of the witnesses offered any more information to the police than what I just told you. There would be no significant developments or communications from the killer for over three years. That's a long time to be on your toes, by the way, especially if you're in the city at that point. Police would receive hundreds of tips from citizens claiming they knew who the killer was. Several people even booked and fingerprinted for simply taking out astrology, excuse me, were even booked and fingerprinted for simply taking out astrology-related books from the library. I mean, I don't know how that's legal, but okay, it was happening. Over those three years, however, Eddie was continuing with his heinous plan without broadcasting it to the police, allowing him to once again go unnoticed. He took a year off from killing, often revisiting the scenes of the first four shootings, which we hear serial killers like to do, by the way. Only this time he knew he would have no change, he would have to change his MO if he wanted to continue getting away with his crimes. Police had become privy to his schedule as well as his motives, so in order to remain undetected, he'd have to switch things up a bit. Yeah, he was getting a little uh, pattern-like, right? Like they were really, even the astronomers were like, I think he's going to do it on this day. Yeah, astrologers. But yeah, I I'm mean, sorry, like that's, yes. that's, you know, I mean, the thing is, is he was also kind of making it predictable. Like he was kind of assuming yeah. that they weren't going to kind of figure out something. But for a guy who has this much chutzpah and this much like <laughs> ego about him, for right. him to take off and then kind of, I don't know, it's it's almost contradictory in a way. It's a little ironic that it's like, oh, I'm going to get caught. So I guess I got to change my tactic as opposed to being like, I'm literally giving you the information to try and catch me. So no, it's true. He could no longer spend time, you know, rummaging through their pockets to learn their zodiacs, but instead had to strike and basically run as fast as he could, which is what he was pretty much up to next. So fast forward two years later, June 4th, 1992, Eddie shot a 40-year-old construction worker named Jim Weber. And clearly nervous, he fumbled when shooting, only hitting Jim in the buttocks before scurrying away. Jim was a Libra and survived the ordeal with minor injuries. A month later, he would try again when he successfully shot and killed Joseph Diacone, a recently released mental patient. Jesus, that's so sad. Uh, Joseph was a Virgo. Okay, so another got some more crossing signs. off the list. Yeah. On August 10th, 1992, Eddie met 39-year-old Patricia Fonte near the Highland Park Reservoir. Highland Park is in LA. Um, maybe there's something in New York mm. about this, but Eddie was handsome and charming, and the two flirted casually for a while before Eddie suggested that they take a walk. 
Patricia agreed and followed him. And once they were alone, Andy pulled out a nine millimeter zip gun and shot her. She immediately began fighting back, causing him to panic and begin, he began stabbing her repeatedly. Oh, Patricia yeah. was a Leo. So there's that. there's that. And then on yeah. October 10th, another seemingly random attack would take place, later tracking back to the Zodiac copycat. 40-year-old Diane Ballard was shot and while sitting on a park bench. I mean, these are places you oh, think you're dear. kind of safe, you know what I mean? Yeah. New York City at the time was averaging approximately five murders a night. So without any clear signs of connection, they were dismissed just as random killings and not associated with the Zodiac. Kind of makes me think of Chicago and what Chicago kind of goes through um, on the daily. But yeah, yeah, they're just dismissing it because, hey, crime happens. You know, like yeah. we're not going to connect these. You know, all of them can't be the Zodiac. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention, I looked up really quickly the Highland Park. There's a Highland Park in Brooklyn. So that's where okay, that so that's seems where to be. Yeah, yeah, just to be clear. No, he didn't. He didn't hop over to uh, L.A. I hope that, not. That makes sense. <laughs> I moved here. Yeah. Well, later that year, a third letter was sent to NYPD detailing all of the killings he had committed since 1990, listing the dates and times of each attack, but this time including a cryptic puzzle of maritime and military flags. Oh, Lord. When deciphered, the puzzle read, quote, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am in control. There will be more. Yours truly. End quote. Oh, boy. You know, and this is, you know, investigators were at a loss at this point. And of course they were. I mean, how could you possibly track somebody down with the technology that we have at that point? You know, was this yeah. basically still the same copycat that they had been dealing with the three years prior? That's with another him thing. taking time. Who yeah. knows? That could have been a copycat of a copycat. Yeah, exactly. Um, or had those crimes inspired yet another copycat, as Darren just mentioned. Handwriting and analysts confirmed that the writing matched those of the previous letters, although this letter seemed to have been no nothing more than a way to taunt the media into another frenzy because there were no further killings reported at that point. Right. Well, on March 10th, 1996, so many years now have gone by, Eddie would find himself in a direct run-in with the police. After a dispute with his sister Gladys, remember her from the beginning of the show, and her boyfriend Eddie, I'm sorry, and her boyfriend, Eddie began harassing and threatening the couple. He was upset that Gladys had her boyfriend over so late, so he began loudly banging on the wall that stood between their two rooms. This was Eddie's way of telling Gladys it was time for him to leave, a warning she would usually have heeded, but she was still upset about the way he had been treating her earlier, so she decided to defy his wishes and continue spending time with her boyfriend. Mm. Now, enraged, Eddie began firing shots from that gun blindly into the wall, one bullet hitting Gladys in her backside. Eddie was, of course, at that point, I'm assuming the cops were called and was arrested, booked, and fingerprinted. Wow, this is kind of it's just kind of shocking because if it sounds like his temper got the best of him and it almost seemed like <laughs> yeah. a perfect crime, but because he had this compulsion to kind of do this, that this might lead to his de demise. So yeah. while searching his house, investigators found zip guns as well as all the materials needed to make them a pipe bomb and various forms of ammunition and explosive. This guy was packing heat, as they yeah. say. I mean, it's a lot. Now, attending officers allegedly joked with each other about how funny it would be if this kid were really their infamous New York Zodiac, of course. Right. Most detectives on the case were quick to believe that they had found their man until they read his confession. Mm. And after being arrested, Eddie gave a written confession in regards to the incident with his family. Only when he signed it, he included the Zodiac symbol surrounded by sevens. And after analyzing okay. the handwriting and comparing Eddie's DNA to that of which they already had on file, it was confirmed without a doubt 
that he had been the one wreaking havoc on the city all these years. Yay. His fingerprints were a positive match for those found on the earlier letter, and his saliva matched the DNA found on one of the stamps used to mail the letter. And What a lazy, stupid serial killer. <laughs> I mean, but also part of me is like, did he want to get caught? So yeah, he that's could be true. known for this. Like, did yeah. he want this? And it just seems so silly. It just yeah. seems so silly after all these years of kind it's of evading the police. Easy, right? Yeah. yeah. Eddie's reign of terror had finally come to an end, thank God. He was forced to go through hours of interrogations, during which he did confess to all of the murders. He was formally charged with three counts of second-degree murder and dozens of other charges, including assault, attempted murder, and robbery, of course. He was sentenced to just 83 years in jail for the murders, and in a separate trial, he was awarded an additional 152 years behind bars. Mm, So perhaps it was just for that one instance or whatever. In prison, Eddie has turned back to his faith, of course, course. and reading the Bible daily and giving sermons to his fellow inmates. For years, he has attempted to reconnect with his sister, but she has refused to speak to him since the day he was arrested. (laughs) And his surviving victims all still live in New York. Wow. Uh, Larry Poem has been quoted saying that his faith inclines him to forgive Eddie for what he did, while others like Jermaine refuse to even speak about the case to anyone. And I can imagine everyone handles their trauma differently. For sure. Each victim still suffers from the physical and emotional damage inflicted by the New York Zodiac, but they now can sleep peacefully knowing he's behind bars for the rest of his natural life. Yeah, that's true. I mean, what a yeah, story, though. I know. And you're really making me think that, you know, by the way, he's only 55 years old right now. So, you know, he still has a long life to live and behind bars. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think you're right about the whole ego situation and just wanting to be known for something. But anyway, let us know what you guys think. How does this episode or how does this case compare to what we know as the traditional Zodiac killer? Does it seem this guy was young, too. He just seems so when you look up a picture of him, it just seems so. Yeah, yeah, he's only 55. Like, it's weird. It's very weird. Let us know what you think at J Thrasher at Carpe Darren. Hit us up in the Facebook group. DM us on uh, Patreon. We're getting back to all of our listeners and subscribers over there. Darren, let's go into our listener shout out section. I just wanted to shout out our friends Mitz and Jane, excuse me, on Patreon um, for, you know, also contributing really good ideas for my background on Zoom, you know, you know, maybe there's a way to combine all these ideas into one Zoom and Paula, by the way, our friend Paula also gave some, Um, I don't have the time to make another one. I will make one for you. Do you want one? Do you want a background like this with different, with like a slightly different Yeah, I I feel like we should be in the same house. Same house. All right. Yeah. All right, next yeah. week, Darren will have her own Zoom background and we're going to see, although you're, you know, same house, but you're in LA. Well, I guess on Zoom, you can be in the same house because you're So put the... a palm tree in there and oh, call dear. it a day. All right. Jesus. Moving right along. Well, I wanted to shout out some new Patreon subscribers. <clears throat> Welcome, Gina, Lori, and Roxanne. Hey. Thanks for joining our Patreon family. We appreciate your support and um, you get to see John's incredible background now. <laughs> That's true. If you're a sussy radish, that's very true. Well, you can join in on the fun on Patreon too. Maybe we'll choose the Zoom background of your choice in the future. Ooh. You can join. Ooh, it'll be all va- it'll be all vaginas for you. There you go. If uh, enough you- people want it, it'll be Squirtle for me and vaginas for you. <laughs> I don't think we can do that, but uh, you know, you're nice wrong. Idea. You're jo- you can join. <laughs> you can join today for as little as five dollars a month and get it even cheaper if you sign up annually. Um, links in the show description or just go to Patreon dot com slash shaken and disturbed i want to just mention one last thing you know you probably haven't heard a lot of ads on the show recently uh the podcast industry is 
in a little bit of turmoil at this point. So any of you guys who have supported us on Patreon, both past, present, and future, we really, really appreciate it. It really does keep the literal lights on over here yeah, for our show really and helps us pay Megan off, you know, making sure she can get our, uh, our we research. We did a great job researching Amazing. this week, of course. So, you know, obviously one, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan, Megan, for all Thanks, of that. Megan. That's really, but yes, big thank you to all of you guys who've contributed and to those who are listening. It really means a lot to us um, yeah. considering the precariousness of it all. And we're just trying to keep it going and keep magic fed. Magic that's and a, Megan. That's part. Of, that's actually part of it. Well, we'll see you guys next time for another episode. And in the meantime, check your freshies. And check your brake pads without pants. And apparently you don't need a penis. And bye to everybody who's watching on Sussy Radishes. And Magic says goodbye as well. Bye, bye. guys.